Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Duck Chat. Tonight, <laughs> we will be discussing discussing the mallard duck. <laughs> Why the mallard is, is such an important part of the ecosystem of the Great Plains areas. Uh-huh. My name is Earl, and, and I like ducks. And I'm going to talk about them for a long time. Um, hi, folks. Uh, this is Zompocalypse Now. I'm not sure why you've been invaded by the Duck Channel. Um, hi, Dustin. Hi, Tim. Have you ever seen uh, Greater Tuna? I have not. Pretty famous two-man show uh, that originated in Austin, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about a little town called Tuna, Texas, and it's crazy people who live there. Uh-huh. And one of it's a two man show, so the same two guys play all the characters, and they do some super fast, quick changes to change from men to women, from fat to skinny, just crazy. And one of the and but the main part is at this radio station, and uh, there's a guy from the Humane Society who comes in and says, "Let's talk about ducks," <laughs> and then it's funny. It's a funny show. <laughs> Every time an actor ever asks me what monologue they should do for comedy, I always look up Greater Tuna. There you go. It has some hilarious monologues in it. Not hilarious? Tonight's episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Now, when you say not hilarious, do you mean grim or you were sort of beating your head against the table a lot while you were watching it? Well, uh, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think um, it it had definitely uh, some grimness, uh, some unexpected grimness, some totally expected grimness, and some. But then, at the same time, it was like, ah, how did that happen? <laughs> Why? Why are we accepting this? <laughs> no. So there was a little bit of all that. Yeah, it's... Okay, so I was not as appalled with it as last week. So there's that. So that's, I guess, is that that's a, that's a win-ish? That's um, a win. Boy, they're just so... They just talked. And they talked. And everybody talked. Then somebody talked. It was like season two where everyone stood around and talked. Everyone had their, everyone had their you know, 1.5 minutes of speech. I mean, some of it was okay. I didn't mind, I didn't mind the Morgan and Grace speech at, talking at the end. Yeah, I, I liked most of what Morgan and Grace had going on. Yeah. Um, although it was a little bit you know, convenient that you know, Morgan found Grace's house. Well, she told him where it was. She told him what else to go to. Uh, I guess I must have missed that part. Laid out, she was like, if you go to this place, there's a neighborhood where the people who used to live in this, you know, where the plant lived. 
look for the house with the pickup truck in the front yard. Yeah, I must. I must have. Uh, I don't know. Been distracted by a cat or something. Uh, I missed yeah. that part. So that that Maybe. at least is, okay. Uh, that's good. That's good to know. And and it's, you know, and that may actually be uh, indicative of this entire episode is that I was fairly easy, dis- easily distracted while watching it. I want to first thing I want to address is the issue that we had from last week's episode, which was John Dory would never have have kept that letter from Dwight. Right. He would have let Dwight make his own decision about whether or not he wants to pursue that because he's literally had the letter from the, the don't find me letter. He's literally gotten it before. Right. Well, that's pretty much uh, addressed within the first 15, 20 minutes of the show where Dwight's like, oh, we can, I, you know, I feel like we can do it. We can find her. It's so close. And John, you know, capitulates and is like, actually, here's this letter. And the rest of their little tiny bit, their little tiny bit of the plot is Dwight accepting that she doesn't want him to look for her anymore, but also deciding that he's got to find something to live with and whether or not live for, whether or not he ends up joining the main cast or not was kind of left up in the air, right? Mm-hmm. But as I was watching it, I realized that this was a totally like the writer's room decision where they were like, oh, we don't have time for this this episode. Let's just kick it back one episode. Let's kick back this conversation an episode. Yeah, and it was, it's, a, it's, a so, fairly, it's a fairly big, obvious thing, you know, revelation, not revelation. Uh, well, we, we also talked about this last week. It's, it's such a contrived thing. It's such a it's right. such a manufactured quandary, I guess, or a, a decision that's so out of character for John Dory that it, it just it felt so manufactured. And then to have it suddenly be like, oh well, let's yeah. solve it, and it's it just drew so much attention to the fact that it was a very manufactured thing. Right, I agree, uh, but they they addressed it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, John Dory and Dwight are kind of out in the world. And there's a lot of uh, crazy stuff happening with some some nuclear power plants, and you know who knows who's going to make it back to the place before the airplane takes off. Who knows? Who knows, Tim? They might um, make it. They might make it back. Everyone. Everyone will make it back to the plane, which will miraculously fly, despite the fact it has not been constructed or repaired by air, certified aircraft mechanics. And that helicopter fuel and airplane aviation fuel are not actually the same thing. But hey, let's not point out details because, you know, the yeah. Walking Dead uh, universe. And- yeah, well, so we can, let's, let's just pop in with Alan and June for a second. Because their whole part of the plot is, is there's a fuel line break or something. And uh, June's like, oh, if only we knew where we could get some aviation fuel. And Al's like, fuck, I might know where some might be. Yeah, I would just also like to point out that all fuel has a smell. And the leaking out of all the airplane fuel, they wouldn't be going, oh, no, when did this happen? It would be... Oh, hey, do you guys no. smell something? 
Now, admittedly, this is the post, you know, uh, post shower universe, and um, all yeah. of these people are probably the most rankest creatures on, you know. Yeah, I just, I'm like, okay, oh, sure, okay, nobody noticed. No one noticed all of the jet, you know, the plane fuel just leaking out. Right, but, but so, so Al takes June to the cliff, they get fuel, they don't spend any time <laughs> on getting the fuel, it's just like, fuel's got, <laughs> I fuel's know. Got, guys. Uh, well, we'd, we don't need the whole, will she let her fall thing. That, you know, we right. didn't need the first time either, but we really don't need it now. And they had this conversation about Al meeting, what was her name again? Happy. Happy. Al, Al meeting Happy. That's not her actual name. Isabel. Isabel. Al meeting. Isabel was her And, you know, I think as much as, as much as we enjoyed the connection between the two of them, I'm a little concerned that Al is a grown human person who is like, mooning over this person she met for how many days? I mean, she's, she's really emotionally, she's really emotionally unhappy at, at thinking about not seeing this person again. And I realize that, that we, we, we have these wonderful connections and when we have them, they're, they're great and, and we, we want them again. But it's also like, she's, she's so much of a realist of a character that it just, I mean, I, Part of me, part of me, because I'm a romantic at heart, likes yeah. that kind of scene. And part of me is like, but you just met her, and you met her for like this long, and and I I, I get it, and I and but it also feels it feels again it feels a little manufactured, yeah. which is unfortunate because of the chemistry right. between the two the two actresses and the two characters. Yes. So Anna, it just felt it felt weird to me, and I feel I feel I feel weird that it felt weird. Well, you know, I guess a part of it could have, you know, I can understand that a little bit, that idea of, of, you know, I met someone and I connected with that person and I will never be able to find out what it could have been because of the situation I find myself in, the situation of our meeting, the place that we find ourselves in. So, yeah, I can get it. I can get behind it. A little bit, you mm-hmm. know. I can give it enough, or I'm like, ah, sure, why not? Yeah, and I think I think that 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 part of that romantic part of me just wants wants to get the two characters back together. Well, you know, unfortunately, now when they get back together, it's going to be, oh, Isabel, I'm so glad I see and found you again. You went back and stole fuel from <laughs> where I knew the fuel was. So. Um, and and Al, all Al has to do is go, me? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Although, of course, if the... I on this show to keep a secret. Well, you know, if the plant, if the plant melts down, then oh, no one's right. coming back to that place anyway. You know, they get the fuel, and somehow they manage to, I guess, fix whatever leak that was happening. They don't have any propellers. What's going on with the propellers, Tim? Well, I have a question. How much fuel did they come down with? Oh, a ton. They had so much fuel. For two, with two people. There were tanks and tanks and tanks of that fuel. Right. Two people got tanks and tanks and tanks down. Yes. Okay. Two lady people. Not that lady people couldn't do it, you know, but I don't know if they could get that many tanks and tanks and tanks in a short amount of time, which they didn't have a lot of time. Did they just throw it down? 
they throw fuel down, Tim? I, I don't know. I just know that planes burn a lot of fuel a lot of fast and are, you know, a lot faster than a helicopter does. I don't know. It's like, okay, okay, sure. It's, it's, but it's fuel. It's the Walking Dead universe. Just don't stare directly at it. You'll go blind. Uh, so who do we have left? Oh, yeah. Um, we have uh, uh, Morgan going out into the world. And I think that aside from the fact that he basically goes to Grace's house and learns a little bit about Grace and gets a hazmat suit and goes to find Grace at the plant, um, things... Well, he- he saves Charlie and Strand. Right, right, right. Yeah, and uh, uh, Charlie and Strand live in a world where there are only the dimensions in front of you. Um, so the Charlie, bar- Charlie went to engineering school at some point <laughs> because that bitch built or down that balloon and strung it up with pulleys and levers. Pulleys and levers, Tim, where she could just pull a string and the bombs up, and it's taut enough, it's a circle, and it's taut enough where the walkers can't get inside, even though they're exerting pressure on it, while, while Strand is out, like, gathering the, like, walking the walkers around in circles and the propellers and stuff. Charlie is a genius. Uh-huh. I never would have thunk it. You mean the fact there's been absolutely no evidence up to this point that she has this kind of engineering skill? Right. And the fact that this is highly unlikely that this sort of contraption was built in the very, very short period of time that would have had to have happened for them this to have been built? Right. In any amount of time. Like, if she had, oh, I don't know, a set crew <laughs> to, to put it together... Uh, yeah and 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 they have a little inspirational talk whole this whole episode was inspirational talks and then oddly enough these two full-sized humans and okay charlie's not a full-size human but she's mostly a full-size human and and basically you know she can do anything we've established that so how it is that morgan um can kill all the walkers threatening them so very fast uh, that literally it's over in, you know, less than a minute. Mm-hmm. And yet these two are completely trapped by how many walkers? Well, I think that they were afraid. Weren't they afraid of the blood? I feel like they were afraid of blood. Well, yeah, I, uh, sure. But again, walkers don't run. They're in a field um, or field-ish area. There's all, and, th- and this and this will come the this, the curious speed or the inability to get away from a creature that cannot move very fast will come up later in this episode uh, involving uh, adorable moppets um, who we are uh, yeah this is this we are we will get into the part that I just cannot cannot deal with I <laughs> just like okay sure um, so Morgan rescues them, and then they go back to meet uh, with everybody else back at the where the the diner and the and the plane and all that stuff. Um, while Morgan goes on to find Grace. Meanwhile, Alicia, oh Alicia, she's having a day. Yeah, she goes, <laughs> goes to find the children who have have set up 
a gauntlet of zombies. And and she breaks her way through with the help of Dylan, the little one, the little glasses moppet. And he just like walks up to her and he's like, hey, come with me. And then like turns her around and walks past all the walkers. And then they get to where, um, what's her name? Annie? Is it Annie? I think it's Annie. Annie. Um, who is just the worst. She's so awful. She's so awful that I looked up the actress on IMDb and I sent her a tweet that said, Annie is terrible. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I, I hope you have not traumatized this poor young lady for life. Yeah, oh, I'm sure she's fine. But no, Annie is just like, no. No, you can't protect us. I'm the only one who can protect us. And meanwhile, all of the children are standing in the background like, actually, I think we kind of want to go with her. Because maybe she'll give us names. And maybe we'll have dialogue. I don't know. I'm not sure. Is this a thing we can have? Kid number three? Is this a kid we can have? I don't know, kid number four. Oh, these poor children! They just—I mean, you know, hey, I'm—I'm—I I'm, presume they're getting paid extra rates. You know, they're—they're they're come on the set of The Walking Dead. It shows up on their resume, but there's just a whole bunch of kids standing in the background who—who who we don't know who these people are. We don't know who these are. These actually children that anybody else knows? Can you tell? <laughs> oh, these kids! Yeah, now Annie is just awful. I mean, and and. It's fascinating. You know, you feel the urge for Alicia to just look at her and go, because I'm an adult, you little twit. <laughs> you are a or, or punch her in the Yeah, punch her in her dumb face. Punch her in her dumb face, Alicia, and say, you're coming with me. I'm taking you. <laughs> oh, this whole, this whole scene on the rope bridge. And I love the fact that the kids live in an in an abandoned Peter Pan set. And I know. <laughs> they live in Lost Boys Tree for it. Exactly. I was looking at it going, okay, what film set did this come from? It's like where <laughs> Um and I also love the fact there's no back way out. Right. Uh, I love that the look that Annie gives her when she's like, is there a back way out? And she's just like, no, no. Why would we do that? We have a rickety gate. Uh, so they have this argument where where evil, horrible child Annie sits there and goes, you can't tell me what to do. I'm a teenager. And Alicia's like, yeah, well, I kind of still am too, but I've been through more than you, kid. And the little the, the teenage girl is just like, yeah, but you can't tell me what to do. And you're not my real mom. And Alicia's like, oh, for the love of God. And teenage girl is like, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Alicia's like, fine, whatever. I'll stay with you guys, I guess, um, because you're not letting me leave. And I cannot overpower the one child in front of me because all the other children are actually a fair distance away from me. Um, And also terrified, also would go with you if you asked. Right. So, but no, this is not what happens. This is uh, Annie. If there was a let's put it to a vote thing, at least both of her brothers would be like, yeah, let's go. Can we please go? Yeah. Because she and her her younger, not the youngest brother, 
not the adorable Moppet, but but younger brother or yeah. whatever. He yeah. they Twice. go off they go off to rebuild just the two of them. Just the two of them go off to rebuild their giant walker uh, intestine wall, which of course goes completely wrong. Which it in the real world, real world, we're talking about The Walking Dead, but in the real world, this would have happened every time these idiot children had done this thing. Yeah, every single time. This is this this is a perfect oh. example of how. How much it how much it makes no sense that a bunch of kids I don't care how how much these kids little kids are survivors but I this is just I mean I was just like no no and this is just makes it so much worse because it just all the walkers are like oh yeah intestines are made of skin rip I'm like yeah. oh god <laughs> not only that not only that but while they're gone uh Din tells like Alicia finds his sketch pad, and Dylan tells her that he drew, he is all these pictures of walkers strung together, and Dylan tells her that he drew those when things first started going crazy because he was having nightmares about having to play ring around the rosy with them, and when the parents all died, Annie was like, oh, "What kid? This is a good plan." No, no, this is a terrible plan. It was a terrible plan before, and it doesn't make any sense, and they're all awful, and the walkers tear free, and their code word, their code word to know that the people know that it's them is oli-oli-oli-oxen-free. And I sat there, and I said, okay, I am 49 years old. And you never played that. And I'm pretty sure I did when I was a really little kid, but you know what? That was probably 40 years ago. I'm having a hard... And, and okay, so they're, maybe their parents are my age? And I, I don't know. I just, it just felt really awkward to hear these kids in 20-whatever in the Walking Dead year is. Uh, I was just like, okay. My times. Weird. Weird. That was just, it was just strange. But yeah, so they run home to the Treehouse of Terror... And apparently, along the way, they decided to, I don't know, crawl or, or you know, pretend they were running in slow motion or something. Because right behind them are these things that cannot move fast. Right. Who are right behind them. And I'm like, Okay, sure, sure, whatever, whatever. Okay, we need to have the confrontation. Alicia's going to have to dive in and save them, and she's going right. to convince them all that through her, through her bravery and sacrifice that they will, can, can join the others and be part of a new family and save themselves. And to my huge surprise, wait, no, I'm, I'm thinking of a different word. Um, it, that's exactly what happened. Right, exactly. Yes. Alicia is a barbarian class warrior. Like, she, you know, she loves her melee attack. She only takes half damage when she's in berserk rage. You know, <laughs> she's, she's in it. And she's a great job. She's letting them in one at a time. And, and, but until, like, more than one gets in. And she's doing a great job until she kills, like, one of the very last ones. And it splashes its blood all over her and it gets in her mouth. And that's when she sees that it's got pock marks on its chest, like mm-hmm. sores on its chest. 
and she sees that it's got one of the little uh, 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 tags on it, so she definitely knows that she's she's just ingested radioactive Walker blood. Right. Everyone treat she treats immediately as a oh god I'm going to die today death sentence. Mm-hmm. Which, while dramatic, seems a little unreasonable and a little yeah. contrived. Well, I mean, you know, it's the idea that she could that this is a so dangerous she could die from this is I think more. The what's what's getting to her than anything, and of course, you know, Twitter was freaking out. They're like, "Yeah, you don't kill Alicia, don't kill Alicia," and uh, and I, I kind of don't think it's going to happen. I, I think I, she's going to be fine. I think she might have a little chemo sickness, but I think she's going to be fine. The threat of the Walker's blood being radioactive is an effective threat. But radiation, I mean, the, the amount of radiation they would have to be putting out for her to be, like, seriously in danger of dying soon, you know, she, she basically would be catching Hollywood cancer, which, you know, you know has to kill you off by the last act. Um, and you know, I, if Grace is going to have... I just don't think... Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say what you're, you're about to say, which is if Grace gives herself six months and she's been living in the irradiated wasteland, cleaning up walkers, yeah. then Alita will be fine. Also, I think it would be just be a very, very daft decision by the writers to kill off the last member of the family, the family the show was yeah. built on. And I think that if you're, you know, because if you're going to do that, just end the show. And you've got a new spinoff you're you're doing. Just end Fear of the Walking Dead and go do the new spinoff because it's not Fear of the Walking Dead anymore. And you have to... Well, they rebooted super fucking hard. Yeah, but still. I mean, you know, and I saw somebody, I can't remember which... which, which website it was, someone pointing out that in just pure demographics, um, you know, she is the, for younger viewers, she is the younger character who younger viewers watch on this show. I mean, they're not, yeah. they're not watching Morgan or John Dory. I mean, they're watching them obviously, but I mean, that's, that's not who they're tuning in for. Um, right. And certainly Annie's not going to take up the role. Because I think first chance Al gets... Charlie has skyscrapers to build. She is going to be too busy to be the lead on this show. <laughs> I, would, I would honestly... I think that if, if Annie was around uh, Al for too long, Al might just actually push her out of the plane. You know, oops! <laughs> Listen, kid. Well, okay, so... So, all right, by the end of the episodes, everybody has arrived back except for Alicia and John Dory and Dwight. Right. And the look on Charlie's face when all those kids got out of that van was, oh, no, <laughs> more kids. It, it was not, a, I'm so, oh, people my age. It was, oh, God, children. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that the most adorable little Moppet looked immediately at Charlie and assumed, rightfully, of course, 
that she was the person who had, you know, it was her, the little prince book with no evidence whatsoever. It wasn't a, is, was it your book? Is it your book? It was, it's your book. And it's like, Oh God, we have a psychic child. This show. <laughs> no, don't do it. Well, Jeff. he's already obviously traumatized. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the, the sirens at the plant are going off. Alicia is still trapped out there within the radiation zone, uh, apparently feeling very fatalistic about her chances. Uh, John and Dwight are somewhere, and they're going to have to get the plane up in the air to do the thing, even though by all rights that plane should not fly. Actually, actually, there's a couple of moments in the, in, in the show where little awful Annie... Looks. Yeah, that's the only thing she does, on, does good. She points out, she's like, they want us to get in a plane, they've already crashed one. Right. <laughs> Horrible children can be right at least once. But mm. it's, a thi- it's a thing. It's a thing that's happening, Dustin. I'm, I'm, the last two episodes have not, been, have, not, have not been good for the overall... Well, they've got to they've get us to the, season, the mid-season finale. And, you know, is it going to be great? No. Are there people going to die randomly? Are we going to, we're going to have, I, I have this just weird feeling that we're going to end up with John Dorian Dwight and Alicia away from plane. And they're the next is going to, you know, is them trying to get, I don't know. I just, I just, I just don't know anymore, Tim. I know we had, we had, we had like three good episodes and and it was once again. This is this is what the Walking Dead universe always does: is it gives us really bad television, and we're like, why, why do I need to get a spoon to poke out my own eyes? Why, why? And then suddenly they write have like a string of good episodes, and we're like, wait, oh, what is this? And then once they once they've got our hope, that fi- that tiny ember of hope turned into a tiny little flame of, of optimism, they come around and run and stomp it out with their giant, evil, bad writing boots. That metaphor was not particularly grand. But no. even so, hey, we had, a, we had a good episode with Al. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe next episode will be awesome. And we're just going to be like, oh, my God, Tim, I can't believe that they discovered... A uh, flight, like like superhero flight, in this episode, and now everybody can fly. <laughs> Who knew that being radiated will do that to you, or, or you know, whatever, something Marvel, plausible. Marvel Comics. Um, I believe that what that they built an entire model on on accidental radiation, uh, giving you superpowers as opposed to cancer. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Who knows, Dustin? I mean, I just I. It, it was disappointing. It was a disappointing episode. I mean, I think that's that's just, it's. I wasn't I wasn't unha- as unhappy with it as last week, but last week was really bad. So yeah. I don't know. So fingers crossed. So it'll at least give us something else in the uh, the mid season finale. And I think we've got a. I think we've got like a three week gap. I think I think that's what we saw. There's a much shorter gap in between the first and the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, the show is... Yeah. I mean, it's it's still a great cast. It's still a great cast, let's, let's, aside from the Moppets. Yeah. yeah. 
I said, I tweeted out that uh, there was a moment when, when Jenna Elfman, when June was saying something on the radio to John Dory, and he was like, oh, we're, we're real far out. And Jenna Elfman did that, does that thing that she does where she like eyes and grabs the bridge of her nose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've been, I've been watching Jenna Elfman, Elfman be, be uh, exasperated by men in the exact same way since Darma and Craig. I still want there to be a Dharma and Greg reunion here. I want to see a, a zombie who is most definitely, uh, clearly meant to be Greg, but no such luck yet. <laughs> That's probably okay. All right, folks. Well, you can have our reunion series next week when we come back for another episode of Zompocalypse Now. And you can find us on iTunes and podcast.com. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find Dustin and I, our own accounts on Twitter, where we will often retweet the uh, Zompocalypse Now Twitter posts. And you can find us on Facebook. We would love to have you follow us there at any of these places. If you want to give us a comment, uh, give us a rating, that would be great. We would love to have that. Of course, that stuff always good to help people find the show. And we, you know, we always want to grow the show. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. And Dustin, thank you. Thank you, Tim. And thank you guys again. We'll be back next week with hopefully a better episode of Fear of the Walking Dead and another episode of Zompocalypse Now. Yay! Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Production. All rights reserved.